welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. How many of you want to be with him? How many of you want to be with him forever? How many of you are glad you're going to be with him forever? Oh, that's a better one right there. How many of you can't wait to be with him forever? Forever, ever. Forever, ever. I can't wait to be with him. Amen. Amen. Well, glory be to the living God today. How many of you glad to be in the house today? Amen. Shout out to y'all online. I'm going to jump in the stream real quick. Um, so glad that we got a chance to gather together. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. God bless y'all. Um, we are still in our series on, uh, I'm about to say deconstruction, <laughs> um, simplicity. I'm, 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 I'm excited about um, today's message, and I want us to turn to Psalm 23. As you're turning there, um, as, you're, as you're turning there, um, I want you, uh, our members and leaders, we're going to be having some upcoming meetings, going to have uh, some talks about some great and exciting changes that we're going to be doing to how we do community life here. So it's, it's a significant change. Um, and because of uh, our distance from each other, uh, we, we want to create more ways, like we said, uh, for simplicity, faithfulness, equipping, and edification. Can y'all say that? Simplicity, faithfulness, edification, and equipping. That's what we're focusing on this year. And so as we focus on those four things um, to, to, to make our ministry more accessible, one of the things, um, had a great time in our new members class today, uh, teaching our new members, and one of the things I'm hearing, not just from them, but so many people, they are hungering for physical community. Um, but not only that, they're, they're, they're not just hungering for physical community, they're hungry uh, 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 for biblical formation. But they also know what, know what the last thing they're hungering for, uh, uh, spirit-filled environment. That, that's three good things right there. And so we're going to do our best to facilitate the Holy Spirit's presence, <laughs> uh, to, to facilitate um, biblical literacy, And, and facilitate us creating new experiences for you. One of the things that I think is very important is I, 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 I want to I start a new hashtag called church helpfulness versus church hurtfulness. I want to hear some stories, some story arcs of people that just weren't hurt by the church, but some people that were deeply impacted by building a relationship with you, with you, with you, with you, and, and, and how Christ formed them. And some of y'all are going to get delivered from some stuff just from being in some good life-on-life -life connections with other believers. So if you will, I'm, I'm excited about that and looking forward to the opportunity for that. Well, Psalm 23. Let's dig in. Psalm 23. The Lord, let's pray. Let's read together. One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. I got like three translations that I memorized this on. All right, let's start back at verse three. I'm sorry. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. Today, in our time together, in our message, 
uh, our series through simplicity. I'd like to talk about today following the great shepherd. Following. Following the great shepherd. Lord God Almighty, you are the great shepherd. Lord God, a lot of things are shepherding us, but I wonder, are you? And so, God, I pray today that you would show forth your faithfulness and help us to be drawn near to you again. Those of us who, during the time of pandemic, have been distanced from you. Some of us, the pandemic was, has not been good. And so there's a lot of relational distance between <laughs> heaven's throne and our hearts. And so, God, I pray that you would, you would, you would, you would rebalance the cross in our life re-resurrect us in renewal in you so that we can find ourselves in you in every area of life. I'm believing you for that, that people are going to experience intimacy with you that they haven't before, Lord God, that they're going to hear you clearly and be obedient in ways they haven't in the past, Lord God, something new. So break chains, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, our strength and our redeemer, whom we trust in Jesus' name, amen. Following the great shepherd, you may be seated. You may be sheeted following the great shepherd. Um, uh, uh, people have been encouraging me, Pastor, you need to do TikToks. And I'm like, oh, another app? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I'll get on TikTok, but I'm not getting on Snapchat with the tongue all out and bunny ears and all of that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm, I'm too old for all that, all right? So you got to put a limit. Sometimes relevance can look weird as you get older. Amen. Um, so I'm not doing that, but, but I'm getting on TikTok and I looked at all of these buttons. I mean, they had the caption button, the speed button, the, ca I mean, uh, uh, the sound button, adding music. I'm like, I'm looking at it like, I'm like, this, this has to be easier than this. I'm looking at it like, I'm just overwhelmed looking at, and then when you push one button, a sub menu comes up. I'm like, I'm, 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 uh, this is too much, right? But I said, you know what, I I'm, I'm going to try it. <laughs> and as I began doing it, it's gotten fun and some little responses and stuff. But one of the things that I began noticing and realizing is that the maker of TikTok and even other social media platforms have made your ability to create whatever you're trying to create easy and accessible. The more I began to do it, I was like, dang, I was tripping. I can't believe that I was so overwhelmed about this because it's actually easy and like I'm eager to do it and it's kind of fun. Uh, um, um, one of the things that I, I, I like now, because see, I was overwhelmed at first. It says caption. I thought I was going to have to type all my words like a stenographer. <laughs> but guess what, y'all? You push a button and it says translating. All of a sudden, it starts typing out what you say, like you, like making you look like a professional. It's something. And I realized that I was making my engagement with TikTok more complex than it actually was when the maker had already made it accessible. Many of us have made our walk with Jesus Christ too complex. Many of us have made prayer complex. Many of us have made Bible reading complex. We've made Bible study complex. As a matter of fact, we've made church too complex. Uh, uh, we, we've made relating to other people too complex. We, we, we made walking right. Everything. We, we got time for everybody and everything but the Lord. We've made everything so complex. And I'm, and I'm wondering or not, if, 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 if we would recognize that God has made the faith user-friendly. He's made, he's made the faith so user-friendly, you can be in your car or on the L or on the sub or in traffic somewhere and just start talking to him. You don't have to load anything. You don't have to update anything. All you got to do, you ain't even got to open your mouth. You can just, in your mind, start thinking thoughts and talking. To, it's just that simple. Uh, so somebody said, I can't get in my Bible. It's just laying there. Listen, if, if you can scroll down your news feed and read and everything somebody else got to say on all of this stuff, you can open a Bible and read one verse. Oh, you know, y'all quiet on this part. And see, God, what I love about God is God is constantly available to you. The shepherd is 
always available to you. I, I mean, I mean, you try to make a doctor's appointment nowadays, they're talking about, oh, that'll be in December. But like, December? The heck is going on, right? But you can go to the eternal doctor and don't even have to set an appointment. He takes walk-ins. Ain't nobody gonna talk back to me. That's what I love about him. He ta- he, you can walk into his office, bloody, bruised, and bludgeoned, and he won't put you, you know, when you go to the emergency room here, it'd be like 30 people in there, and then they put you in order of, is your arm broke? Are you having a heart attack? Sit over there. God is so powerful, his emergency room accepts everybody at the same time. No check-in, no trios. He just starts working on you immediately. That's how available God is. That's how available he is to you. Uh-uh. But, 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 but I love the song that says, what peace we often forfeit because we refuse to pray. So we talk about some things and and realizing that we don't even realize that some of our mental health issues, not all of them, but some of our emotional and mental health issues during the pandemic has been because we, we haven't been around God's people and we're still not. And we haven't been talking to God and we haven't been embracing the things that nurture us in the faith. So I came to a psalm that I believe helps us to be reminded of why it's so important to follow a great shepherd, David, I don't know how old he was when he wrote this psalm. But as he wrote this psalm, you can't write this without experiencing it. You, if you listen, this is, I mean, unbelievers know this psalm. But to really understand this psalm, you got to know the author, the ultimate author of the psalm. To really understand how this works and how he works and how he wants to work on and nurture us in every area of our life. And so David, David experienced a lot of ups and he experienced a lot of downs. But one of the things that you see constantly in his experience with God is a continued pursuit of God in every season of his life. And so that's our hope is that we would find our way trickling in constantly before God, which brings me to our first point. If you're going to follow the great shepherd, number one, you have to know that the Lord shapes us. He, he specializes in shaping. It says the Lord. I, I, I like that because it starts off with the covenant name of God. Now, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Isn't it? The, 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 the Lord is. Stop right there. there's so many is's we can't go over all the is's but God is who you need him to be I mean every now and then he's uh, uh, El Elyon you understand the most high God you know but if you broke he can be Yahweh Jireh the provider. I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but some of, some of us need to grow spiritually and get a little more holier. He, he's, he's Yahweh Makishakim. That means the Lord, our sanctifier. He's also Yahweh Nisi. He'll stand in front of you and be your banner when folk acting crazy. I wish I had some help in here. He is Yahweh Rapha. It, that, that means if you, if you ever had a pain in your body, if you ever had something that need fixing, if you ever had mind that need regulated, he can step in and heal you. Yahweh Rapha. I don't know about you, but some of you, 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 you everything has been complex and all over the place, and you've been losing your mind with anxiety and depression, it, but, but, but guess what he is? He's Yahweh Shaboth. That means he's my peace. I don't know if you need him that way, but he's also, I, I don't know if you've ever been lonely and he can be Yahweh Shemach. That means the Lord is my, the Lord's presence. When he says the Lord is my shepherd, Yahweh Roy. It's beautiful. He said he's my shepherd. I like the fact that he makes it personal. Makes it personal. He said, is. Now, now don't, don't, don't move past that. Circle is. Because that, that's superlatively important, family. <laughs> he is because he never stops being your shepherd. Okay, y'all, y'all, not, y'all don't understand. Um, he personalizes this for a reason. And David is illustrating something to us that God, no matter what's going on in our lives, ever stops being our shepherd. 
We need to take pride in being sheep of the living God. Not only that, when you belong to God, he finds a way to shepherd you even when you're not trying to be shepherded. Okay, see, I'm, see I, I know all of y'all been good all the time. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I remember, I remember, I remember when I, when, I, when I got saved, when I got saved and I went back home. Now, I was a heavy weed smoker. Now, I know everybody, you know, everybody got a testimony. I didn't smoke, I didn't smoke, I didn't, I didn't let me just, I'm not glorifying it. I didn't smoke uh, uh, them little white Jones. That, that, that's, that's like appetizer. I had to give me some backwoods, some honey. I had a whole chemistry set. I used some weed. Then when I got saved, I had this last, like half an ounce left. It was in my closet in my dorm. I was like, man, it's green. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. I just said, dang, all right. So I put it on the toilet. So I go home back to my neighborhood. Not hung with, I, hung, I, I, I wasn't a thug or anything, but all my friends I grew up with were shake. We called it in D.C. shaking out. You know, you know uh, uh, they, they were here block huggers, right? So I'm out there, and they smoking weed, and I'm about to get it passed to me. You know, I was about to get it passed. I said, I'm going to just take one more puff. So one puff. And, 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 my, and my boy, I want to say his name, he said E. He turned like into a prophet. Turned into a prophet. He said, E, this ain't you. He said, this us. But you're going a whole different direction. They was shaking their heads, hiding a mug. At that moment, it's like when Saul, it's, it's like when Saul started prophesying, they said, it's Saul among the prophets, you know. It's kind of like all my block dudes was like, they became like my elders. And they were rebuking me and say, go back to school, finish school, and go the direction you're going. You don't want to go this direction we're going. I'll never forget that. And guess what? I believe God was shepherding my dumb behind, even though I didn't want to be shepherded. I know I ain't alone. Have you ever been in a situation where you say, God, I'm just going to go after it, and I'm just going to do it? And, and see, but we don't realize when we decide that we, we think we can go after mess and get out of the mess on our own. So God, what he does is he'll provide a way of escape by shepherding you. I know you was gonna knock something down the other day, but the phone ring. Oh, ain't nobody get a notification. And he was like, why is it? Something happened to bust the move out of the way. And because that's, no, that's God. God is a strange shepherd. He'll use technology. He'll use people. He'll use unbelievers. He'll use a thunderstorm. He'll use a, listen, when God loves you and he's your shepherd, he will do whatever he has to do to make sure that he keeps you following him. Yes. Yes. Shepherd. How many of you have God kept you from your crazy? <laughs> now, you got to admit first that you're crazy. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. And I need the medical, therapeutic, spiritual medicine of heaven to uncrazy me every now and then. Um, and so he, he is my shepherd. <laughs> now, when it talks about God being a shepherd... It means God is an enabler and a nourisher. He's a nourisher. Um, that's what I love about God. But, but being a shepherd also means to drive someone out. See, when shepherds shepherded sheep, they would put them in enclosures. And they loved these enclosures because they felt extremely protected. And because they felt protected, they were close in with the other sheep. You know, sheep mostly feel comfortable around other sheep like them and a shepherd over them. Somebody missed that. Sheep feel most comfortable when they're around their own kind and the shepherd is watching. That was for free, watching over them. <clears throat> but he puts them in an enclosure. But there comes a time where the sheep have to get dry, driven out to pasture. So that, so that means, but what happens a lot of times 
is the sheep get comfortable snuggled in with wool to wool sheep. Connected with sheep and the shepherd is pushing them out of a place where they don't necessarily want to be pushed out of because they feel comfortable with where they at. So what he does is he set up sheepdogs and other mechanisms and his rod and his staff. And what he does is he uses those things to push them out of their comfort zone. So what he does is he makes, this is crazy. He makes the enclosure uncomfortable. He makes the place where the sheep felt most comfortable, uncomfortable, so that he can let them know that He's their comfort, not where they're at is their comfort. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but God is driving some of you out of some place. You think it's the devil. You think it's somebody else. You think it's your boss. You think it's your friend. No, it may be God pushing you out of your comfort zone. And you, you always know, you always know beautifully <clears throat> when God Push it, is pushing you out because you're driven by fear, but not doing it feels like disobedience. That's how you know you're called to something. When not doing it feels like disobedience. But discomfort is never an excuse for complacency. <laughs> and so God is like, I got you. Haven't I always had you? But, but we, I, you know, we read the Bible like we wouldn't be Israel. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm reading Israel. I'm reading them. Manna come from heaven and be on the ground. God makes sure that it don't get dirty. And they can eat it and it's melted in their mouth, not in their hands. Right? They enjoyed it. Then they go to Moses. Where is some meat? I said, see, God, if I was back then, I wouldn't have done that. But then... It may not be manna. Because see, sometimes we get used to God taking care of us. <laughs> and then what we'll end up doing is acting like he's not doing anything because what we want next isn't given to us yet. And so we treat him like a bad provider, but all of we are some spoiled brats. <laughs> And listen, God is like, God is like, God is like, listen, I, 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 I love you and I want to take care of you and I'm going to push you out. God is going to be pushing some of you out into some places in life, some ideas that seem weird. It may be God pushing you out, taking you some places that you've never been. He wants to force you out of your enclosure. God, just like shepherds like me, have five. And I want to break this down real quick. Can I break it down? When he shepherds you, he shepherds you five ways. Number one, he leads you. Number two, he feeds you. Then he cares for you, he knows you, and protects you. What does lead mean? Lead means to give you direction. Give, give you direction. It's so important. That's why it says the Lord is my shepherd, meaning he's your direction. That means to make moves without Connecting with your director is stupid. That's why Israel, he was a cloud during the day and a fire by night. And what I loved about Israel is it, God said, when I move, you move. Yeah, you can say it just like that. When I move, you boom, boom, boom. That one was fire. Um, <laughs> Y'all crazy. Um, uh, um, um. And, and, and if I stay here, I say, what a simple illustration. And I remember God said, I'm leaving y'all. Y'all go ahead and move forward without me. And guess what Moses said? We, 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 we can't go anywhere. Jesus said, do you want to leave also when all the disciples in John said? He said, where are we to go? For you are the one with the words to eternal life. Leading. Leading. But not only does he lead, he feeds. He resources your soul and your life. That's what God does. He resources your soul and he resources your life. Not only that, not only that, but he counsels you. He counsels you through care. Through care, he counsels you in good kingdom sense. Let me say that again. God counsels you in good 
kingdom sense. God's kingdom sense is not common sense. If you understand the origins of the common sense ideology, it's a way of detaching you from spiritual sense. But now it's become normal for us to say use common sense. But I understand what we need now, but what it was rooted in eventually was some, uh, uh, originally was something different. And so God, God gives you good kingdom sense uh, 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 decisions. Not only that, no intimacy. To know, but not only that, protect. Help you to avoid foolishness and the things that hurt you. And so that's what God does in our lives. And because he's shepherding us and developing us, what ends up happening is we have to be careful of going other places for what only God can provide. That's why he says he is my shepherd. You can't go other places and expect heavenly resourcing to be like it is from heaven. Let me see if I can make it plain. This woman grew up in a small town and she went to this one place to get waffles and she grew up on it. And I don't know if you ever grew up on something, but people that aren't from there sometimes don't understand why you like it. And it's because you're used to it and you grew up on it. And, and, and it's kind of been a palate guide for you, if you will. Uh, uh, um, 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 so, so she ended up going away to college and went away for a while. And then she came back to her hometown. And when she came back to her hometown, the first thing she wanted to do is go to that place and get that waffle. The waffle got fixed, got brought out to her. She tasted it. She's like, this is not the waffle that I got. So she said, excuse me who's the cook in there? And she said, oh, the owner that was here, he retired, but he has family members running it. Um, I said, did he give them the recipe? She said, yes, they gave him the recipe and they're making the recipe like he made it. So she went because she knew him as a small town, went to the OG's house, went over to his house and said, sir, I love you. I remember you girl, you the little girl, we got your picture on the wall, you know, boom, boom, boom. They talking. She said, can you do one thing for me? Can you fix me one last waffle? And he, he, he puts on, you know, old folks say britches. And he put on his britches, his overalls, and he went out and he went in and cooked it, put it before her, and she ate it, and she just went like this, just melted apart. It was so good. And, and she asked him, she said, tell me, you gave, you, 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 didn't you give them the ingredients? And, she, and he, he, she said, yeah, I told them how to make it and everything. He said, but the difference is, I didn't make it. Listen, you can get a bad taste from somewhere else and not realize the reason why it don't taste the same is because God didn't give it to you. But he goes on and he says, I have what I need. Oh God. See, many of us try to broaden what needs are. <laughs> All of us do. I do too. You don't need a new shirt. No, you don't. I don't. I don't need a new pair of shoes. I know, be quiet. <laughs> a lot of stuff that we say we need, we've made close-handed when God makes it open-handed. And when you overestimate what a need is, you have expectations of God that plunge you into disappointment because you're expecting him to give what he didn't necessarily promise. But he, he promised to take, like I said, he promised to take care of your needs, not your greeds. And, 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 and in having what we need, we should be deeply content with the beauty of that. And that's why I like this. He says in verse two, he lets me or causes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. God well, sometimes, and this is a beautiful thing about God, those of us who are busy bodies, God will booby trap your life to slow it down sometimes. Some of us, our breakdowns have been God's way of slowing us down. Because some, sometimes we put ourselves in situations as the people of God where we have so much on our plate and we're doing so much and we've taken on so many responsibilities and then we're wondering why we don't have time for certain things and things seem to be crashing in on us, the walls seem to be closing in on us. And what God will do is he will assign a season of shutdown that you have to do no matter what you get. You ever been in a situation, like when I, 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 when I got COVID last year, I was mad. 
because I knew I was going to have to be isolated from everybody. And I was like, I, I, you know, I couldn't hug my kids. I lost my taste. I still ain't got it back. You know I'm like, God, I don't want, um, I, I don't want to have COVID right now. And um, I saw, but I had a lot of time alone. And God was like, you, you, you can't YouTube all day. You can't Netflix all day. I'm going to make you tired of any of that. And I want you to me all day. There's sometimes that some of you, God is going to slow life down. Some of you may have lost your job and you're mad about it. And God is like, I'm going to give you another job, but take this season to be with me. Just simplicity. Because sometimes God removes us out of stressful situations. And some of the stressful situations may have been even financially beneficial, but they were driving you crazy. And so your health mentally and spiritually can't be counted in a paycheck. I'm alone. It's, it's some of you are in situations where your life isn't simple enough to be with your family. Some of your lives are so complex where you can't build friendships, where you can't build community. And, I, and one of the things that I learned, we learned from the beginning of, of starting the church and planting churches is that God put in our heart, he says, build ministry around family, not family around ministry. Now, why is that important? That doesn't mean you don't provide. That doesn't mean that you work hard and that you're some type of spiritual hobo that runs around smacking lilies with grass in your mouth. It's not what that means. No, what, 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 it, what it means is I take work seriously because I take God seriously. But what I want to do is what is the center of my life? I want it to be the core of my life. And I don't want what's outside my life, all of these other spheres to run everything. And that counts for even if you're single. And so this whole idea of him making you lie down, he causes situations where you have to lie down. And one of the things you have to do in these seasons when he calls you to lie down is, is, is shepherds tell them to lie down and he get them to graze. You understand? And he wants them to eat and he pushes them to eat and maximize that time because they're going to move on and it may, and, and real life isn't a, chi, a full-time chill of eat time. That's not real life. So when he says, eat all you want, okay, I'm going to make it plain. We take our kids with us, with us over to people's house, you know, and they, and they got food everywhere. Food, I mean, everything, you know. And the kids, you like, eat, you put the plate down. I, I'm going to eat. They take a bite and then run, and they playing with the kids all the whole time, playing with the kids the whole time. And you say, you better eat. You better eat, because when we get home, you're going to bed. So I want to hear that you're hungry. We get back home. All this food here, all right? Yes, daddy. Yes, mommy. And doing all that little thing and playing and enjoying. And then all of a sudden, it's time to go home. It's time to go home. Get in the car. Eh, you know, they're crying. Not because they're hungry, because they were around kids and they're mad because they're leaving. So we got to go. Boom. So put them in the car. They fall asleep. And, I mean, dead. You know, the, 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 the dead child. I mean, they just, oh, gosh. I mean, the dead body sleep. <laughs> I mean, Lord, I don't know how their neck is on their head down here. But soon as we get in the house, Daddy, I'm hungry. Now, my, my parents were gangsters. They were gangsters. If you didn't eat, they were like, so? I told you to eat. Go to bed hungry, go upstairs. You know, us new parents, like, get a, get a, get a, get a go-gurt and slop it down to go upstairs. No, my parents was gangsters. And God wants us to maximize our eating season. And when God slows you out, up and puts you in a buffet environment, you need to maximize that season of eating. Because you don't, you don't, know, you don't know how many deserts he's going to walk you through. You don't know, it's, it, it, because your devotion, sometimes I'm going to tell you like this. There are times in your life where your, where your everyday five-minute devotional read and pray ain't enough. It's not enough. It's, I mean, you can have a really, really hard time, and you're wondering, 
I, I need more, and I, I, I don't know why this is not set. And I'm, because that's why God gives you those eating seasons. Because what he does, he fills you up. And what devotionals are is maintenance to a deeply rich, pure spiritual life that's been shepherded by God over time. Maximize the seasons God gives you. Make the most of them, family. That's why he puts you in green pastures. Then he said, he renews my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I, I love the fact that he does it for his own name's sake. My dad used to say, out there, he said, when you, I, I say, dad, they get to stay out after the street lights is off. I said, the street lights, you know, some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, the street lights come on, it was time to go in the house. In the 70s and 80s, you better have, you better, you better, you better slide it. Listen, when it come on, you, you got 10 seconds to get in the house. But you're going to get tore up with no police call. <laughs> Shoot. And so, as we look at that reality of our life and being shepherded by the Lord, we, 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 we have to maximize it. Now, next point. The Lord shields. And I'm done. If you're going to follow the great shepherd, you've got to recognize that the Lord, he says, even though I go through the darkest valley. Now, now let me just tell you this. This ain't a maybe. You're in three phases of life. You're either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or headed into one. And, and, and one of the things I like about the linguistics here, though, is it, it, it didn't say, though, yea, though I sit in the valley. It says I walk. That's why you can, all you have to say to yourself if you're in it is you're only going through what you're going through. Listen, that's the hope. Life is mostly filled with mountaintops and valleys low. Now, I, I'm the type, if you're like me, when life feels really, really good, I get very scared. I, I don't know if you don't understand what I'm talking about. I get very scared because I said, this is too good right now. It was like when, when we used to uh, uh, do stuff with the homeless in the, in, the, in the 80s, right? And in the early 90s, um, I, I, I would say, I would, I, we would be like, I would, I, you know, I was younger, so, you know, I didn't understand homelessness, and I was asking people their stories, and I was like, yo, man, like, why are you homeless? Like, you can go get, you know, the, the dumb stuff people say. And they end up telling this story. And I said, well, why don't you go in a shelter? It's 20 degrees outside. I'll never forget what he said. He said, because you only have this many days in the shelter. And he said, I've gotten my body used to a certain level of cold weather. So if I go into the plush weather with the heat, when I come back out, I have to start back at ground zero to getting my body used to the hardship of the cold. I wish we treated trials like that. I don't want to let the good seasons not help me to be battle ready. I want to be able, when I go through the good seasons, to enjoy the good seasons, but look a hard season cold in the face and know that Jesus is meeting me in the midst of that season. And that he, and what's funny is he says, yea, though I walk through, but he also said, the Lord is my shepherd, meaning that even though I walk through, I'm not alone. So Jesus is walking through it with me. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how you feel. And I don't know if you feel alone, but no matter what you're going through, Jesus is with you while you're going through it. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. Uh, he says, he says, even though I go through, I fear no evil because you're with me. <laughs> he said, your rod and staff comfort me. That's like saying, mom, dad, your belt comforts me. <laughs> A switch. See, I don't use switches no more. Switches hit different. <laughs> they sting and you just stand still to the... <laughs> Jesus said the pain go away. Woo! They don't use switches no more. You go under the jail for that. Woo! 
Don't, don't let your parents say, go out and, and get one, and you bring that little one in if you want to. And she'd be like, you want me to go get it or you want to get it? I remember I let my, my, my uh, they go out and they, they platted three together. I said, oh, Jesus, I just felt like I was dead. But even though I go through the darkness, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. What, what the rod and staff did, that, that, that the shepherd, it, 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 it protected from the outside, it nudged you, and it popped you. That, that's the beauty of being in a relationship with, with the Lord. God, sometimes, listen, sometimes sheep get protected from stuff that only the shepherd sees that they don't know that the shepherd's protecting them from. See, some, some, some of us don't even realize that God popped something that was coming towards you that you ain't even need to know was coming after you. But then sometimes when we want to go a particular direction, but what the shepherd will do is he will nudge you another direction and he'll give you, and when you don't act right, he pops you to give a corrective pop so that you can listen and to walk with and to know his voice. But also, um, because you know sheep have poor vision, but great hearing, great smell. Great hearing and great smell. And so what happens when you have bad sight, but great hearing and great smell, you scare easy. So a sheep know when a wolf, they smell it when something's around or they hear noises. And what the shepherd, what the shepherd will do is the shepherd can tell when the sheep is feeling a little fearful and a little, and when they start jittering against one another and hitting up against one another like some dominoes. And what he'll do is he'll, he'll either tap his, tap his uh, 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 rod on the ground click, click, to let them know I'm present or he'll just nudge them. And then, and then they'll start to stay themselves because they know that even though they can't see the danger, they can smell the danger, they know their shepherd is there to protect them from the danger. And that's what God does for you. But as he goes to and he does what he does, he says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Um, you know, God... It's great because he will, people that have burnt you, you never have to burn them in return. Let me tell you something. You never, if you're wrong, ever have to fight your own battle. God is so much better at battling that what God, God does it, he does it in a show off kind of way. Now you have to understand the, the idea, he goes from shepherd to waiter. Or maitre d'. So well, what, what he's pointing to is that, and, and host, ultimate host. So, so, so he basically says, God will position people that did you dirty in a particular place. And he says, basically, God, when you come to the door, he's table for two. Okay. He picks up your table, walks it to the front, puts it in the front in the best seat and pulls out your seat and, and sits you down and then puts your napkin over your leg because what he wants to do is see when you get vengeance on your own it's about you but when God prepares a table for you in front of your enemies it's not about you it's actually about God vindicating you and putting you in a position to let you know that my hand is on them and you better stay away from them because if you start bothering them again you may get in the way of some of this smoke And you don't want smoke with God. Yeah, you don't want to smoke with the nostrils of the king. That, that's why I love, that's, what, that's why, I, that's why I, I stay not fighting back people who wounded me or hurted me. I say, you know what? Um, and you know what? You got to pray for them, but then entrust them to the grace of the good God. But I like the way the shepherd here is not a secret person. Because my Bible says that Jesus in John 10 says, Ego I me. I am the good shepherd. Now, you don't understand him making that statement was blasphemous if it wasn't true. Because he was saying, I am, because basically he says, I'm Yahweh. And not only that, he says, I'm the good shepherd. And guess what he's saying? David was talking about me in Psalm 23. 
And I like the fullness of the psalm because, because the psalm lets you know that Jesus is your good shepherd. And, and what I like about it is everything is personal in the passage. And I promise that I'm out your way. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He says he restores my soul. Yea, though I walk. He says, I fear no evil. He says, you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. He says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And he says, then he, then he, gets, then he gets happy about it. And he, he looks behind them and he sees a G and he sees an M. Now, GM is not General Motors. I don't know about you, but GM, he says, I see goodness and I see mercy. They follow me all the days of my life. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I don't know what you're going through. I don't know where you've been. I don't know how hard it's gotten. I don't know what you lost, but I'm letting you know that no matter what you go through, no matter who you go through, no matter how frustrated it gets, no matter who you lose, God is sending grace and mercy, goodness and mercy to stalk you. I know you feel some feet behind you. That's not a thief. That's a blessing. Then twins are named goodness and mercy. They follow you in the valley. They follow you on the mountain. They follow you while you're at work. They follow you in your marriage. They follow you in your loneliness. They follow you in your brokenness. They follow you through your sin. They follow you through your chains. They follow you through your depression. Goodness. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. They follow you. You're getting stalked. And goodness and mercy, our Bible says, is a person. Not an abstract, esoteric thing. Goodness and mercy is Jesus Christ. Maybe today, <laughs> you've never placed your confidence in Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Goodness and mercy follows you all the days of your life. The good shepherd, the great shepherd. Yeah. And you've never placed your confidence in the one who leads humans. His name is Jesus. He died to give us back our relationship with God. It's ultimately the reason. To give us back relationship and all that comes with that. Some of the things that come with our relationship who trust in Jesus and that he got it from the grave, one of those things is the removal of God's wrath. Another thing is relationship. <laughs> Another thing is empowerment. Empowerment. Empowerment to live for him. Empowerment to have victory through different things. He saves to the utmost to the utmost. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your savior, we would love to talk to you about Jesus. If you're here, hold your hand up. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus Christ if you never trusted him as your savior. Anyone, anyone, anyone. Online, our search team will be in there. They'll put an email in where you can hit them up and they want to holler at you, talk to you. And um, talk to you a little bit more about what it means to have eternal life. Let's prepare our hearts and minds for communion. <laughs> um, while we're preparing for communion, we... Um, Communion is a time to where we get to celebrate the Lord's death. Celebration. If you don't have it yet, hold your hand up. We want to make sure you get it. Communion is for those who have trusted Jesus Christ. Last night, I had the opportunity of leading my youngest son to Christ. And his first question was, 
Daddy, can I take communion tomorrow? And so he did not want to go up to children's because he said, I want to be here and take communion. And so um, this is his first communion today. Amen. 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 Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Um, I'll give everyone a moment. I hear y'all setting it up. That'll give our folks at home time to get whatever they need together to prepare as well. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Let us eat together. After the Passover meal and the bitter herbs, he blessed the cup. He said, this is my blood, blood of the new and everlasting covenant that was shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Let us drink together. Father God, what an honor it is for us to come together. We don't take it for granted. We pray for the Ukrainian and Russian conflict. Looking at uh, the Ukraine capital city, I can't imagine the economic effect it's having on people. The traumatic, we talk about trauma here, we ain't experienced that. Uh, and Lord, we, I just pray for them that you would remove this war, humble those that need humility, and God, to be honest, I can't wait till Jesus, you come back and you take your diadems back from those who are ruling now. And you will be king over all and you'll hand the kingdom back over to the Father and everything will be brand spanking new. But until then, God, give us resilience. Help us to be, uh, have great fortitude and strength. And Lord, I pray that you would send us on our way in care. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his throne with exceeding gladness and joy. To him be majesty, glory, and power both now and forever. Everybody agree with that said? Everybody agree with that said? Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We